Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 24 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Not, not bad, man. Not bad at all. Good. Welcome on into the show. Um, uh, today... Th- thank you. <laughs> you know, welcome back. You're always welcome here, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Uh, that makes me feel good. Um, so today we are watching episode 24, <laughs> Dave, I cannot tell you how excited I am to be watching episode 24 today. Dude, I'm excited about this episode. You told me last week that we, it's the three stooges, The three right? stooges are back. Today is the three stooges yeah. super baseball. Um, it is, le- it is straight up one of my favorite episodes of Die Ranger. Um, it's the best and we're going to get into it soon. But before we do that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Our first star of the week, Matt, uh, is that Elliot, you may have heard us mention Elliot, has written to us again with a handful of, uh, clar- I wouldn't say corrections, clarifications. Clarifications is probably the easiest way to say it. Um, Elliot, I'm very curious as to your knowledge of Japanese. So let us know how you know this stuff. Because I'm... I'm curious. But in any case, the stuff that he knows in any here, case. let me let me clear up some stuff um that handful of things that we were unclear about ourselves in previous episodes. So, do you remember Dave a few episodes ago when the Wong Tiger was finally being born? Yeah. And Kaku I mean, I remember it happening. Like goes out to a cliffside and is meditating. He's talking to what was described as the great nature. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we I well, I remember us being confused about it. Okay, so apparently what he's actually talking to is more or less Mother Nature. Oh, right Which on. I, that makes I sense. think is more or less what we thought, but it was... Yeah, I seem to recall assuming as much, but that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's good to have that clarified at least. And I think they used a few different phrases to describe it. So Yeah, they, when that sounds about familiar. When thinking it's Mother Nature, apparently that doesn't actually make the scene make any more sense. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I was going to say, thinking back on it, title, I don't know that that, that is, actually changes That's what we're going to call it from, from now on. So Okay. Now, I think we should stick with Great Nature. It definitely sounds cooler. Yeah, yeah, okay, you're right. But, yeah, right. but, at, least, but at least you should know. Uh, dear listeners. You should know. We should know. You should know. Uh, let's see. Other <laughs> things. Uh, Byako Shinken. Shinken apparently means is just Japanese for sword, which I feel sort of silly that I didn't know. Um, so apparently TV Nihon does a thing where they only sort of half translate some things. Yeah, I have noticed that. Um, they do that a bunch with like the special attacks. They're like, this is the blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, guys, I don't speak... Japanese. Yeah, I think I don't know what that means. Sometimes they're just, just doing it, it to means sound like cool. gravity shot or whatever. Um, but that is that. Um, which actually, now that I'm saying it, it occurs to me that I watched 50 episodes of Samurai Sentai Shinkenger and did not know that Shinken meant sword. And yeah, those guys all have swords. Like they are sword rangers, <laughs> and I, I, it is only just now occurring to me, and I feel oh, real. Oh wait, dumb. Matt, is that the one where like uh, the one guy is a uh, Kabuki? Actor, yes. Like we watched an episode of it together. Yeah, that show, that show looked pretty cool. Yeah, Shinkenger is great. 
Okay, Matt, is there anything else uh, on this star? Uh, no, that was the only thing that he mentioned that was really Die Ranger specific. Okay. So, so thank you, Elliot. Thank you again for letting us know this yeah, stuff. Yeah, man, thanks. Um, that was awesome. Because as you can clearly tell, we only half know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks to Elliot. And hey, anybody else who is listening, if you kind of catch something that you think is like fun or interesting that we didn't notice, again, please feel free to tweet at us at Super Sentai Bros. You can email us at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. It's fantastic. It really makes our day. So do that. Yes, please do. Um, <laughs> but that is it for star number one. I'm sure how to end that. Dave, what is star number two? Star number two, Matt, is the Netrunner tournament that I was in last weekend. Oh, yeah. I remember you said we were going to check in with that. How'd it go? Yeah, it went pretty well. I got ninth place out of like 17. Okay, that is... Which is not... You know, for you... Yeah, it wasn't like amazing. Hey, man, for your first tournament of any game ever, that's not too bad. Yeah. I was going to say, I felt okay about it. I went uh, I went like four and five, and then I had one tie game. Uh, real quickly, like how it works, because as I've mentioned, uh, you know, Netrunner, there's like two sides of the game. Yeah. So in a tournament, you get matched up with somebody... And then you each play each side once. Gotcha. So you're the Netrunner once, and then you're the Corp once. But the matches are timed. Like, you only have 65 minutes per round, right? Okay. So, but you have to get through both games. And so, <laughs> one of the games that I was in, uh, it was actually versus a friend of mine who was also playing in the tournament. And it was the single longest game of Netrunner I've played, not just in the tournament, but I think ever. The game took, the first game of the round took 63 minutes wow. or something. That's really all I got on that one. Right on, man. Netrunner is just pretty fun and I had a great time. So, um, Matt, what is our third star of the week? Okay, Dave, our third star of the week. And we have to talk about it because it is the, We've gotta talk it is about the it. one like Power Rangers slash Super Sentai thing that is big in the news this week. Um, yeah. Did you watch this thing? I watched like part of it. Okay. I was going to watch the whole thing, but like I was watching it like in between classes. And, like, I got, like, two-thirds of the way through it, and, like, the bell rang, and students started to show up. And I was like, ah, oh, I probably got to teach these kids instead of watching Power Ranger reboots. Okay, so there was, as you say, a grim, dark, and gritty, like, fan-made trailer for a uh, Power Ranger sort of reboot movie, right? Now, right. this has nothing to do with the actual Power Rangers movie that uh, Saban and Lionsgate are making. It is yeah, made, to be clear. It is made by the same producer who um, put together... Did you ever watch that uh, the Punisher one with Thomas Jane, Dirty Laundry? Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. That was amazing. They also did one that was um, Venom. Yes, I also saw that. that was also it was really also good. amazing. The Power yeah, Rangers one is weird, and I don't know how to feel about it. My, I don't feel it, great about yeah. it. I'll tell you what. Okay, shoot. Okay, so if you haven't, also if you haven't seen it, um, first of all, it's not like a safe-for-work sort of video, as it turns out. No, it is not. Um, like, it is it is dark. It is dark, and you do not want to sort of watch it with kids around. If you are a kid, 
Don't watch it. You don't need that stuff. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think the best way to think about it is like if you took the idea of like the kind of general idea of Power Rangers, like if somebody broke down, it's like, okay, Power Rangers, it's people, there's giant robots, they transform, they're fighting monsters, blah, blah. Like if that's all the information you had and then you made an adult movie, not an adult movie, but like a movie for grownups. Not even a movie that, for grownups. A movie for like 18 year olds who want to be grownups. Because no grown-up actually wants a movie that is as, like, weird and bloody as that movie is. That movie, uh, okay. that sort of thing is specifically, like, the sort of reason that, like, teenagers love, like, hyper-violent action movies. Because they feel like they're supposed to be into something that is quote-unquote mature. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I got you. Yeah, no, I hear what you And from saying. what I've read, like, it was actually meant to be that way on purpose. It's not a parody of the Power Rangers as much as it was, from an interview I read, meant to be a parody of this sort of dark and gritty reboot. And the joke oh, is that there no isn't kidding. a joke and they just did it completely straight. Oh, wow. Okay. But it's that, weird because... I can see that. That makes sense. Like, you know, Zack is doing cocaine and like going to Korea and shooting people in the head with guns. <laughs> I think I somehow missed that. Yeah, part. it's weird, man. It's only... not cool. Like Okay, that's a little much. There there's a sort of the... fundamental misunderstanding of the Power Rangers franchise as it exists as sort of a beloved children's show. You know, the thing that I I really remember cuz again, I was only sort of like halfway paying attention and uh, the thing that I really remember from it was the visuals. I remember the robots looking really cool. Oh, the visuals are great. Listen, it is a super yeah. well done thing. Like, it has, yeah. like, real big name actors in it. It's, uh, mm-hmm. like, James Vanderbeek and uh, Katie Sackhoff and stuff. Like, right. it's, you know, like, they put, t- like, you know, they put the love and the time and the effort into it. They just made a thing that is, at least according to the response I've seen online, super beloved by a bunch of people who haven't watched Power Rangers in 20 years and super disliked by everyone who has watched it since the original cast wasn't on the show. Ah, got it. Okay, right on. Anyway, it's weird if if you are so inclined and, you know, not a kid, go check it out. Otherwise, you know, just take our word for it. It's, It's too much. It is altogether too oh, much. Oh, dude. I tell you, I actually, like, I hopped in to sort of watch it again, just to check, and uh, all the videos I can find have been taken down due to copyright claims. Saban is, like, not happy about it. I am not surprised. Yeah. I saw um, a video of uh, Jason David Frank, and he was, you know, he wasn't getting down on it directly, but basically what he said was that... The fact of the matter is that the Power Rangers is a still existing children's franchise. And so to take you something know, that's that a kids really are watching point. now, even in a different form, and to turn it mm-hmm. into something like that is just sort of not cool. Yeah, no, that is a really good point. I'm torn because, as we've already mentioned, like as regards like Power Rangers, or not Power Rangers, Captain Planet, I would love to see like a super high gloss, like like action like a grown-up action movie version of the power rangers like i would be super into that but i think jason david frank's point 
kind of trumps my desire. And so that's a, that's a really solid, uh, you know, observation that it is still a kids' show, and that it should really remain as such. Right. And listen, I, you know, I fully expect when they do make that Power Rangers movie that it will be, you know, action oriented, PG thirteen, lots of sort of cool effects and explosions, right. and that I really right. look forward to. This was yeah, just nobody needs you know, to see a bit much, even <laughs> if it was Ranger doing lines. Yeah, even if it was purposely too much, you know, it was, it was too, still much. too much. No, I hear you. Anyway, that's uh, my two okay. cents. So enough, enough about that thing, um, Matt. I was about to ask you what our fourth star is, but I realized that I'm actually going to talk about the fourth star. Okay, well then talk about our fourth uh, star. I'm going to talk about the fourth star. So the fourth star, Matt, is Risk Legacy. Uh, I was at our buddy Josh's house, and we were playing this game last Sunday. Um, and I've actually played it before. If you've never heard of Risk Legacy, it's a real, like it's a really, really cool kind of take on Risk. And the idea of it is that you start off with basically like a standard Risk board. Like the rules are all the same, the countries are all the same. Like it's all, it's basically Risk. Okay. The only difference is, is that um, in the first game, at least, is that there are factions and like each there's five factions and each faction has like a slightly different ability. Nothing crazy, just enough to like influence like a minor part of your strategy when you're playing the game. Right. right. And uh, and this is really cool is that the game is not played to elimination. Like, the game isn't played until, like, one player has wiped out every other player. The game is played to points. So it eliminates that problem with Risk where, like, you know, you kind of get knocked out early in the game and then all of a sudden your friends are playing Risk for, like, three more hours and you're just sitting there watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I have had that problem. Yeah, which is, like, the worst part of Risk. So the game is played to points. But this is the really cool part about Risk Legacy is that at the end of every game, the board changes. Like, you do things to alter the board, okay? Yeah, and when you do it, because I, I didn't play with you this weekend, but I have played with you um, in the past, you yeah. change the board permanently. Oh, yeah. It does not go back. Like, you're, like, drawing on the board with markers and, like, putting stickers down. You're, like, changing the army bonus value of continents. Like Naming countries, founding cities. Yeah, like, it's pretty, like, it's pretty intense. Um. But overall, like it's it's a super super fun version of Risk. Like if you already dig Risk, I would I would definitely recommend that you pick up Risk Legacy. The only downside of Risk Legacy is that you know it's like a sixty dollar game, and it's only designed to be played I think fifteen times. Like you play fifteen times, and then that's like that's it. And then you've sort of exhausted you, like, you don't the play, board. Right, you don't play that board anymore. Um, but it's got a lot of really, really cool elements. I mean, ultimately, when it comes down to it, it is still risk. So there's like a fairly, there's a pretty strong element of like random chance involved. Oh, sure. Um, but for risk, man, like it's really killer. Guys, if you if you dig risk at all, I definitely recommend you pick up Risk and Legacy. My only piece of advice, if you do do that, is play all 15 games with like the same five people. Because the first time I played through, we just kind of grabbed whoever, and things ended up being very, very weird, and the game kind of ended up unplayable. Because the problem is, is that a lot of the things that change about the game don't, they follow like the actual player themselves, rather than uh, 
like something on the board. Yeah. So like a good example of that is that I was part of that. Like I played those first five or six games with you. Yeah. And when you win the game, you can like as one of the major changes you can do, you can found a city, right? Mm-hmm. And when you found that city, you like you put a sticker on the board in a particular territory and you name it. And then you, the player, are the only person who is allowed to start your army's placement in that uh, territory, right? Right. Like you, Matt J, and nobody else on the planet. Right. And so I won the so... game and I put a major city in Indonesia. Right. And then I wasn't around for games, you know, like six through nine. And so yeah. it became really hard for anyone to play the Australia strategy. Right. Which is ultimately okay. Um, but yeah. So anyways, if you do get Risk of Legacy, which I do recommend, uh, get like five people to play it and play with those same five people. Um, but that's it. So Risk Legacy, it was super fun. Josh, thanks for having me over. And uh, that was it. It was a really great time. Rock on. <laughs> so um, play Risk Legacy. you actually are doing the fifth star as well, aren't you? Oh, uh, yeah, actually, I am. So we probably could have divvied this up in a slightly different way, but what up? Too late. So, Matt. Too late. Charge ahead. F it. We'll do it live. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. I actually went, I don't know why I thought of it. I went back and watched that Bill O'Reilly video, which is also not safe for work, by the way, um, of him just like freaking out. It's hilarious every time. Okay, so uh, what day so anyways, is Matt, our fifth star? Our fifth star, Matt, is a documentary series I've been watching called Nazi Mega Weapons. Okay, tell me all about these Nazi Mega Weapons. I guess more specifically, tell me about Dude. the program. Okay, so the program is, um, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a. Uh, it's like a PBS. I think there may be a partnership with the BBC. I'm not totally sure, but it's a PBS program, and it is... Basically, the whole thing is not about like Nazi war strategy as much as it is like the ridiculous feats of gigantic, gigantic engineering that the Germans pulled off as part of their World War II like military effort. Okay, you got to give me some examples um, here. I mean, dude, we are talking. We are just talking like engineering on a titanic scale. Uh, you know, like Eddie Izzard says, it's like Eins, zwei, Eins, zwei, built an army, built an army, right? Right. Like, okay. So the first episode is about bunkers, like about the bunkers that they build along the Atlantic coast, okay. right? And dude, these bunkers, like, I did not know this. Some of these bunkers, like, because you see, because I, I, you know, what I know about the bunkers is what I know from like war movies. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the pillboxes and there's like machine guns and stuff in there. Dude, that was not the half of it. Because in the war movies, what they always show you is the like the invasion of Omaha Beach, right? right? Which they invaded because it was like the least heavily defended area like that they could easily get to on the coast. Like, dude, Hitler was building fortresses. Like, gigantic, like, millions of tons of concrete. Like, concrete walls 10 feet thick. No joke, 10 feet thick. Oh, I believe it, dude. Um, he, I mean, built, he was not building he built, fortresses. He was building a fortress. He was building Fortress Europe. Right. Like, one gigantic fortress that extended all the way from, like, the Arctic coast of Norway down to, like, the southern tip of Spain. It was absolutely mind-boggling. He built one, uh, I can't remember what it's called. You would probably know this. The point in France, Matt, that is like the closest to England. Do you remember what this is called? Oh, yeah, that's Calais. 
Okay, yes, thank you, Calais. So yeah, like the, at the some point, point between Calais, Calais and Dover. Yeah, 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 thank you. Uh, so what he does, or what he has his engineers do, rather, is he has them take, like, the giant four-barrel guns from, like, a, a battleship, okay. right? Dismantle that sucker and install it as, like, a stationary gun, on, like, on land. Like, he builds, like, a naval artillery battery okay. on land. And just with aims guns it in England? And literally just aims this sucker at England. Like, these guns are large enough to shoot across the English Channel, to, like, launch artillery shells across the English Channel and hit England from France. Wow. I mean, oh, yeah, dude, just crazy stuff. It's called Nazi Mega Weapons. I've only watched the first and second episode, but I'm absolutely enthralled by it. Um, the second one is about the uh, the U-boat pens that they built. Okay. I mean, dude, it's just... I, I I already said it, but like the scale of these things is just staggering. Like it's absolutely amazing. Um, again, it's called Nazi Mega Weapons. Look it up. It's on Netflix. It's absolutely worth watching if you have even like the vaguest interest in any of those things. Engineering, World War Two, blah blah blah. Um, it's pretty well done. They do like some nice little recreations or reenactments. I guess is probably a better way to say it. Uh, <laughs> the only downside of the of the reenactments is that the dude that they get to play Hitler just looks nothing like Hitler at all. Okay, like like at all. I think they just got a dude who was like he looks like a high school history teacher who's just like super duper into it and speaks pretty good German, and he was just willing to grow <laughs> and, the mustache. Right. He's like he's like guys, I got this. I'm gonna grow the mustache. I got a uniform. It's gonna It'll be, be great. great if he had the uniform. But, like, yeah, he's like, this is going to be awesome. Um, like, he's super enthusiastic. He just looks nothing like Hitler, like, at all. So, speaking of Nazis, Dave. Um, okay, that was a, that's a weird lead. No, this, this is something I was, but... it, it's not big enough for its own star. I'm just going to sort of tag it on here. I was playing. On. Okay, you know the game Flow, free, right? The, uh, the, the do, do game, I, or, you know. Do I know the game Flow? Matt, this is, you may not know this, Matt. I might actually be. The greatest living flow player on the face of the planet. You may be. Part that of me feels like all flow players feel that way. Yeah, like the I game think that's is sort of designed case. to make you feel awesome about yourself when you get it right. If you don't know the game, it's there's a grid. On that grid, there are pairs of colored dots. So there'll be like two red mm-hmm. dots, two blue dots, two green dots, etc. And you need to trace a line between the first red dot and the second red dot. And similarly but, with all the other colors, and those lines can't intersect. So you're sort of putting together this puzzle, right? Right. And and you have to fill up the entire grid. Yes, very important. Now. Yeah. I actually, Matt, uh, I one time made an analog version of this game to use as a LARP puzzle. Oh, nice. I yeah, think that would work really well. Way more challenging than I thought it was going to be. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Anyway, so there is a secondary version of this game called Flow Free Bridges. Have you played Bridges, Dave? Uh, I played like a couple of episodes. I played a couple uh, boards of it. Did not find it as engaging. Okay, but it was cool. So here's something you might not have noticed. Okay, the function the game functions the same way, except right. that there are a few points on the grid where the lines can interlap or overlap. Right? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They like go over or under Precisely. each other. Mm-hmm. So you have all these squiggly lines, and in the middle of the board, or you know, somewhere on the board, those lines intersect. Uh-huh. So like. <laughs> 
I think I know where you're going yeah, with this, like, Matt. Every time you play a level, you're at least 65% of the way towards tracing out a swastika on your phone. Like, every single time. <laughs> every single time. And sometimes I'll just look down on it. And I'm like, oh, well, that's how I beat the level. I guess I'll put it on a swastika. Again. Like, I don't know how many times I have traced, like, Nazi iconography onto my phone this afternoon. And I'll tell you, Dave, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. Yeah, no, just pretend it's a, uh, you know, it's a manji, man. It's like a Buddhist cross or whatever. Just just roll with it. I'm sure it's okay. fine. Anyway, that's all I have to say uh, we, on that. We got to finish this up, dude. We're already a little ways into okay, this. Okay, so we're going to take a break. We're going to watch episode 24, and we'll be right back with you. Okay, welcome back. So we just watched episode 24, The Three Stooges Super Baseball. And Dave, what did we just watch? Lay it on me. All right, dude. Uh, first, I know we say this sometimes. I hope you take it seriously. Even if you don't generally watch the show, watch this episode. It's it's great. Okay, so what we saw there, here, Matt, is the Three Stooges that we have met previously. Uh, General Kamikaze and the Telephone and the Gravestone one. I don't remember exactly what their names are, but they it's show like up. Telephone Teacher... And, like, company president tombstone or something. Okay, man. I, I don't know. Uh, but they show up. They challenge the Rangers to baseball because they want to leave the Goma. And Zydos has said that if they beat the Rangers in a game of baseball, that they can go free. And so they challenge the Rangers to a game of baseball, and they, they play that game. And then yes. we'll, see how the, we'll see how the whole thing ends up. Okay, so... The episode starts off, and you've got Shoji on his motorcycle with Rin sitting on the back. Right. And, uh, right. And Rin is basically like, wow, Shoji, I bet you pick up, like, a ton of babes on this bike. I mean, not in so many words, but that's basically what she means, as far as I can tell. Yeah, that seems to be what she's saying. And then Shoji's basic (laughs) response is like, no, I'll just get the leftovers. (laughs) And then Rin is immediately like, wait. What do you mean leftovers? And Shoji's like, huh? Uh, nah, nah, don't worry about it. It just kind of like brushes it off. So immediately, like, Shoji, you should not refer to people as leftovers. Like, that's not cool, man. You especially should not refer to the people who want rides on your bike as the leftovers when right. there is someone riding on your bike. Yeah. Yeah, definitely should not do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they're on the bike and they are, I don't know, they're driving through. I can't quite tell. I think it's the docks. It's something. There's like shipping I, I think it's more warehouse around. adjacent, but there you go, warehouse area. But uh, turtle guy from a couple episodes ago, the guy who was like at the little pond with his turtles. Uh, Dave, his name is Cameo. Thank you. Uh, so Cameo kind of like falls out from behind something and sort of and stumbles like, into the road and yeah, drops his and, turtles. Yeah, he's got at least one. At least one turtle in one hand. I didn't catch his other hand, but he might have to. I don't know. No, he drops them on the street, so he's scrambling to pick them up. Oh, okay. That's what it is. I but think maybe they had fallen up. out of his like weird John Popper harmonica mm-hmm. vest. When he gets up, though, he has the turtles in hand. And he's basically like, hey, help me. Which is kind of, I guess, I don't know. He doesn't know that they're the Rangers, of course. Well, he might, because remember, he saw them gathered before they changed before oh, the birth of the uh, you know what you're right i thought they had the already aura changed yeah no no i thought he had they had already aura changed but i guess not so he sees them and he's like oh my gosh 
please help me. These guys are crazy. And so the Rangers kind of like go around the uh, shipping container or whatever it was that he kind of stumbles out from behind. Yeah, what he says is, hey, back there, there are like these three guys. There is a motorcycle, a telephone, and a gravestone. And so Shoji and Ren are like, ah, I know what this is. Right, these guys. I know the deal here. Now, one thing is they must be surprised at least a little bit to hear this. Because Because I don't think we've ever run into a monster that survived a fight with Dyrano. Yeah, uh, but they managed to survive. Well, we knew that, of course. The Rangers didn't know Yeah, that. we knew that, of course. Dram- but they come dramatic on the irony. side. Right. Dramatic irony. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, all right. So they come around the side, and they're, like, ready to go at a moment's notice, obviously, because but these they do are not have to fight. monsters. Yeah. Because the what monsters... they see is, so Kamikaze is sitting down on the ground, sort of cross-legged. Uh-huh. The telephone teacher is sort of slouched and sort of muttering to herself and then the best one is company president tombstone is leaned up over next to one of the shipping containers just like (laughs) slowly banging his tombstone head into it over and over again i forgot about that (laughs) so they uh they immediately like as soon as they see shoji they're like oh no please don't like please don't kill us we have like a once in a lifetime favor to ask of you. Like, please just listen. Like, we have a proposition for you. I know that you probably won't believe us, but give us a chance, anyways. And he lays out, Kamikaze does. He lays out, he says, We want to quit the Goma. Like, we want to get out, but they won't let us out. Like, we're stuck. But Zydos has said, if we beat you in a game of baseball, that we can go free. Yeah, basically, it feels like the these three guys are like low-level mafiosos who have gotten in way too deep and don't know mm-hmm. how to get out. And so they're just grasping at straws. Right. And so they're like, and so they say, listen, what you we'll do help is we'll out. play this game. If you please, like, throw the game, then, like, we won't kill you or anything. We'll sort of rig it to make it look like... You know, we won and you guys are all defeated and then we'll get out and then everything will be good and you can go back to fighting and we can just hide somewhere. Yeah, like that is by their own admission, this is all that they want is to just kind of get out of the whole shebang. And so Rin is like immediately suspicious. She's like, I don't buy it. I don't trust these guys. Uh, These are monsters and kidnappers and probably killers. Yeah, she doesn't like... She doesn't say that immediately, but we can kind of see it in her face. But you can see on Shoji's face that he's conflicted. Yeah. He, the fact that they say, they say something very specific. They're like, oh, the Goma just treat us like leftovers. Like, nobody cares about us. And this, like, this is the phrase that hits Shoji. He's just like, oh, man, like, I want to believe you guys. Right, like, like it wanna... feels really, really bad for them. Because Shoji, yeah. as as we've mentioned before, he can be a cad, but, like, he does have a heart of gold. Yeah. And particularly yeah. with stuff like this, like, he wants to help the helpless. He wants to be there for the people that, like, no one else will be there for. Mm-hmm. And particularly, like, the sort of, like, downtrodden people with whom he really identifies. Yeah. And so... He says, like, all right, 
if this is a promise between men, then like I'm in. And right. So like he, if uh, you, basically if you give me your word between men, like on your honor, because like that really means something to Shoji. Right. This is like a big deal. Like, I will go along with this completely insane cuckoo nuts plan. Yeah. He's like, all right, dude. All right. And so he shakes their hand. And then there is more conversation, but we don't see it now. We're going to see it later, like in flashbacks, basically. Yeah. What we see next is Shoji and Rin walking out from behind the shipping containers where they were. Right. And Rin... Still does not, like, still is not on board. Yeah, she's like, she's Shoji, like, Shoji, you man, cannot trust is, these people. There is just no way that this is true. And Shoji is basically like, listen, probably not, but, like, my kind heart has, like, I forget exactly what, he just says my kindness has, like, shown me the way or, like, brought me back or something like that. He like, says I that I've, my gotten, way again. I've gotten my footing back after, That's like, right. You know, like, learning kindness. Right. And, like, and he just they're says, probably not telling the truth. But what if they are and just no one will listen to them because no one ever listens to them? Yeah. Like, I want to be the one who trusts them. And so he sa- yeah, he says, not actually I want to be. He says, I must believe them. So clearly, like, there's something going on for Shoji that he's just like, I have to. Like, this is integral to something. I'm going to believe him. But then he does say, like, in recognition of the fact that this is sort of weird, he does, uh, he says to Rin, he's like, listen, don't tell the other rangers. They're not going to get it. Just, if you could please keep this between us, I would super appreciate it. And Rin's like, uh, all right. All right, right like, you do don't, like, you don't have to go along with this personally, Rin. But just please don't tell the guys because. Yeah, like, don't screw this up. Kind of. And then Rin says, okay, I won't tell them, but just so you know, like. I'm still going to fight these guys. (laughs) She's like, I am not throwing this game. Like, I will try to beat them. Right. Like, you can do all you want, but I am going to try to win. Because, (laughs) again, these are, like, weird Goa monsters who have tried to kill us in the past. Uh, Okay. Okay, guys, that was... That was, like, the heavy part of the episode. That was the setup. Everything from here on out is uh, straight bonkers. So, buckle your seatbelts. Okay, so... Next, we Next. cut to telephones <laughs> all over Japan. All over, yeah. Yeah, they're just going nuts. And we see this in like a handful of different places. Uh, they pick it up, or, you know, people are picking up the phones. Nothing's happening. One dude actually unplugs his phone, and it keeps ringing. He's just like, oh, that's really weird. So clearly, a uh, telephone teacher is like in charge of this. Or, you know, or she, I don't know, in charge, but like she's making this happen. She is the cause of this, yeah. She right. has crazy telephone powers, which I'm sure, you know, if she had managed, if this show had existed, like, a few years later, like, after the movie Hackers had come out, and, oh, like, yeah. you could plug computers into a telephone, then she would have been basically the leader of the Goma, because she oh, would have yeah. just controlled all of the internet. <laughs> but this was 1993. Oh, dude. dude, I just watched Hackers again, like, the other week. That movie yeah. is so good. It's Dude, so Hackers good. Is amazing. I oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> okay, we can have a whole special episode where we just talk about hackers. So we're not going to do that. But hackers is amazing. Also, did you know that Johnny Lee Miller is uh, British? 
Yeah, he is currently doing a, or if not currently, recently did a production of Frankenstein with Benedict Cumberbatch. Where yeah, they would it was switch actually... off every night who was playing the doctor and who was playing the monster. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. I saw a film. It was actually a couple of years ago at this point. Um, okay. Yeah. But it. Uh, I saw it. I'm not live, obviously. But I saw a film of it, like a film of the live production. It was killer. <laughs> like, really did. Really did a stunning job. Um, anyway, sorry. We can talk about that later. Um, so... The phones are all ringing. We cut to some like pay phones, and uh, the pay phones obviously are going off. And then the ranges are all standing around like this bank of pay phones. Whatever. I was about to make for, another you know, complaint. For convenience like, reasons, basically. Right. And so Rio picks up the phone, <laughs> and on the other end of the phone is the telephone teacher. And she right. says, you know, like, oh, you must come and, you know, play... No, she doesn't even demand. She just announces to them that there will that be there a baseball a game. game. Yeah. Scheduled against, you know, you know, the Die Rangers versus these three Stooges. Yeah. And, and then they tell them where it is. If you don't, if okay. you don't play, then... This is great. Because the, the phones last will keep time... Ringing. Yeah, the last time they were forced into playing a game of, like, deadly sport against the Three Stooges, it was because they had kidnapped Ryu's little sister, and they were going to kill her if they didn't play and win. In this case, the phones will keep ringing, which is, like, not, an, like, that's not a, it, it sucks, but it's not, like, like, the stakes could not be lower. Yeah. It's a little, well, I mean, I don't know, phones ringing forever is kind of a pain, but, like, not... Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's like saying, if you don't meet our demands, I will make sure that your tomatoes are always slightly underripe. Like, it's yeah. not a huge deal, <laughs> but yeah. but we know that they're going to go do it because they've sort of already, you know, Shoji at least has already agreed, and right. they are all confident that they can win again. Right. So, th- I think that's basically it. Like, oh, no, no. Sorry, there is one thing. It cuts back to Shoji. He has like a little flashback and he's like, a promise between men. Like, I will go do this thing and I will help these guys. And then it cuts out. That's going to happen a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of... Shoji's like, this is a really intense thing for Shoji. So we cut to the baseball field, which amazingly, Matt, amazingly is not by the docks or a warehouse or the quarry. Like it is a legit field like out somewhere and there's like a baseball diamond on it. Yeah, it's weird, because when they played soccer, they just played it in the quarry. Yeah. But this time, they Although, actually managed to, like, book some filming time at a baseball diamond. Well, okay, no, I don't think they actually... Well, no, I think they probably did. There's, like, a scoreboard and stuff, so it's probably a legit diamond. So, we cut to the baseball diamond, and we see the three... What are they called? The three stooges? So they call themselves yeah. the three famous to themselves only stars or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> but they're there, and they've got on like long baseball socks and cleats over their like goma boots or whatever, and uh, they're just stretching out. And there's a <laughs> bunch like... of Cotopoteros that are all wearing <laughs> yeah, like right. baseball uniforms over their Cotopotero like monster bodies. Yeah, it's amazing because General Kamikaze, he's like stretching out. He's basically like, I don't want to pull a hammy. Gotta get it. It's great. Up. So they're all stretching out, and the Die Rangers walk up. And like, aha, we're here. And Kamikaze says, okay, here are the terms of the game. You put on these hats. And he tosses them all these baseball caps. He says, we baseball will also put caps. on these hats. So everybody's wearing these hats. 
they have bombs on them. Like, I'll put up a picture of this. It looks like <laughs> it's like it's four just tiny like a couple sticks of, dynamite. of sticks of dynamite held together yeah. with some wires. Like, it is a bomb. And it's like, okay, here's the deal. We'll all wear these hats, and there are two things that will happen. Whoever loses the game, their hats will explode. And if you try to take the hat off before the end of the game, the hat will it explode. Explodes. And then we see there's another little flashback with Shoji, and it's Shoji talking to General Kamikaze, and Shoji already knows about the hats. But General Kamikaze says, oh, they're just going to let out smoke. The hats are totally a fake, but we have to make it look real, because if it isn't convincing, then, like, Zydos will know, I think is the idea, and he won't actually let us out. So, like, we really got to do it. You know what I mean? Right. But they're like, just we're not smoke actually bombs. Try and kill it'll you. look good. That'll give us enough time to like convince them, and then everything will be cool. So right. Cut we're back. Like, and Shoji doesn't even have to convince them. Like I think it was e- either Ryu or Kaizu who were like, "Oh no, we got this. We beat you before. We will <laughs> yeah, beat like, you again." They don't even care. They all so, toss the hats up in the air. Do this a is quick a fantastic moment. And after that quick aura change. Like, they catch the hat and put them on. So it's like, toss, aura change, catch, Don hat. It's a great little So thing. now, we have the five Die Rangers who are in uniform with baseball hats <laughs> over their helmets with bombs right. on the baseball hats. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, then they go through, like, a big... Like, they go through, like, the aura change thing... Uh, you know, like their whole sort of like shebang, but they uh, they say like this time it's an exception because we are the yeah, five of, baseball rangers. Yeah, instead of Gosei Sentai Die Ranger, it was baseball Sentai Die Ranger. Yeah, <laughs> and then not to be outdone, the Three Stooges do their own like intro, which we've seen before in the soccer episode. Uh, where they each have their own catchphrases, which, oh man, now I wish I would have written them down as they were going past, but they are appropriately cheesy and amazing. Like, the telephone teacher has this little rhyme, like, you know, nationwide spying on everybody. What I just said didn't rhyme, but I think what she said did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. they do a little pose, and then all of the Kotopotoro backup players, like, applaud them. And then it is game on. So up to bat first are the uh, three Stooges. Yeah. And Shoji is pitching. Yeah. And he sort of, because remember, he's kind of in on this. And so he, uh, I think he throws them is what? He just throws them some easy balls, right? Yeah. Well, first up to bat is the company president, Tombstone. Oh, real quick, Dave, before I forget, um... The umpire of the game, oh is, yeah, is cameo. We've just found him somewhere, dragged him to the baseball field, put like some pads <laughs> on him, and gave him a helmet. And said, "You're the umpire now." And he just and says, he "Even he just says, I don't know what's happening. I guess I'm the umpire. Play ball." That's the best part. He's just like, I don't know. I'm rolling with it, dude. This guy <laughs> is the most mellow human being on the face of the earth. He's just like. Eh, whatever, I guess I'm the umpire. Like, he's not you know, like, those, deeply perturbed about this. Those turtles he's just rolling to, with punches. You know, how to live slow and easy, man. Dude, I, I guess, man. Just let it roll um, off your back like water off a turtle shell. That's yeah. what they say, right? Uh, no, it is not what they say. No well, one has ever said that. 
It's time. <laughs> Anyways. Ducks have uh, been running that game for too long, Dave. Too it's long. It's time for Turtles to get in on the water running off of the back thing. <laughs> All right. So Cameo is the umpire. Shoji's pitching. Uh, it's Who's up first about is... Uh, company president. president Tombstone. Company president Tombstone. So Shoji, like, I think he throws him, like, one or two easy shots. And uh, he hits. Tombstone does. So Tombstone, you know, he gets a hit. He gets on base. Like, as he is running towards the base, first thing he does is he flamethrowers Rin. He uses his, like, head flamethrower to, like, push Rin away from first base. Uh, round second without any trouble. And then does, like, a flying headbutt into Kazu. Knocks Kazu off third base. And then, like, sits down on third base. And is just like, awesome. I got on third base. And the rage is like... Are you are you allowed to do that? And Turtle Kamikaze's like, uh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Yeah, superpowers game, man. Get on it. Right. So we know, like, we know what sort of game this is. Speaking of superpowers games, real quickly, Matt, uh, I have like a deep love of all of the X Men comics where you would see the X Men just like chilling out, like playing football or basketball or something, and <laughs> just playing like absolutely insane versions of these games. Because they're all using their superpowers. And my favorite thing about those issues is that the game always starts off with a stipulation that they are not going to use their powers. Right, everyone's and like, And then right, two guys. pages later, like, Nightcrawler is teleporting somewhere, <laughs> and Iceman is trying to, like, you know, <laughs> freeze him to death. Right, like, four real guys, we are just going to play baseball this time. Like, right? Right? Everybody's in. No powers. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 totally. No powers. Absolutely not. You know who always does it? It's like it's always like Beast or like Gambit. Somebody who has sort of like innate superhuman physicality and uh, they do something and someone's just like, hey, you're using your powers. And they're like, I can't help it. I'm just super strong. Right. And then Iceman's like, that's it. I'm freezing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, company president Tombstone gets on third base. And then I this was so unusual that I noted it. A Kota Potoro says something. Yeah. The yeah, Kota I have that like, in my notes yeah, as well. Yeah, you got on third base. Or I forget exactly what he says, but the point is, is that a Kota Potoro says something. I don't think we've ever seen that before. No, I don't think we ever have. We might have seen them say something like in their human forms, the one or two I, times early in the series where we saw that. Yeah, we did. I think that is true, but we have never seen a Kota Potoro in like Kota Potoro form actually say anything yeah which was weird i did not remember that from the first time i saw this episode it was uh it was cool you know i mean you know insofar as a guy in a costume saying three words is cool but it was at least interesting yeah um so they're all super excited about it and then i think it's teacher oh, and, and that telephone uh, teacher? that code potoro is also on base Oh, yeah. We didn't actually see that happen, which I thought was kind of... I didn't notice that at first. It kind of jumps totally around a little bit because they're trying yeah, to fit a, a whole bit. baseball game in. And but so, the, uh, uh, so you got uh, Company President Tombstone on third. The Kota Potoro on second. Um, and then the uh, telephone, telephone teacher, teacher... I forget what on, she does. She does some she sort does of nefarious thing to get herself onto first base, right? But she does... Yeah, but she does get onto first base. And then, uh, and then it's General Kamikaze up. So Shoji basically lobs him the ball. 
General Kamikaze does some sort of like explosive bat technique. What thing? he does is totally he hits. Know. Okay, so he hits the ball. It flies off, hits Rin, bounces off of Rin. Oh, that's right. Pinball shot is what yeah. he calls it. And it. Then it hits Kazu, and then it hits Ryu, and then it bounces back to him, like back to Kamikaze, and mm-hmm. then he hits it and knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Grand slam. They all round the bases. Uh, Kamikaze summons his motorcycle, rides the motorcycle all around the bases. Oh, dude, it was amazing. And then they are up four to nothing. Yeah. Uh, we cut over real quickly to the rangers in the dugout, and the other rangers are like, Shoji, do you want us to replace you? Like, we like we can do this, dude. Like, do you want us to step in? And Shoji's like, no, I got this. Like, he's clearly kind of insulted. Yeah, but like, Ryu is say. basically begging him to let him pitch. Right. But, you know, Shoji, or, uh, Shoji can't admit that he's kind of trying to throw the game, so he just has to act insulted. Uh... So, we jump ahead after Rangers that. are up to bat. Rangers are up to bat. Well, I think we actually jump past the first at bat, because the first thing we see is that Daigo is already on second base. Like, going to steal to third, Kazu's at bat. Right. So, Kamikaze is pitching. Right. He, and he, he does sorry, this, like, ahead. we'll see him do it again later, but he does this, like, special tornado pitch where he spins around... And then yeah, he it's pretty throws great. the ball super quickly. Right. Now, and Kazu, Kazu, at first, says, like, oh, no way, like, you think you're going to do this thing on me. And he uses, like, time vision to be able to hit the ball. Yeah, but like, he, hits he the slows ball. down time so that he can line up his shot. <laughs> this is awesome. So he hits the ball, and then he's, like, looking around for it. He's like, wait, where did the ball go? He's, like, looking out. He's looking down. Can't see the ball. And then Rin, I think it is, shouts over to him like, Kazu, look at the bat. And we see that General Kamikaze has managed to put so much spin on this ball that it has lodged itself in the bat and is like still spinning and like eating away at the bat. And the friction of the ball spinning against the bat is like starting to (laughs) cause the bat to catch on fire. So starting nothing. It's like it just catches on fire. And so Kazu throws the bat away, and I guess sort of assumes that, like, I got the hit and I can start running. He runs Dude, I up. I guess. We never actually, I don't think we see him finish running the bases, but. Okay, so Kazu drops the bat. It's on fire for whatever. It's on fire. And uh, telephone teacher, like, runs over, like, takes the phone off of her head, and is just like, telephone shower, and, like, squirts water out of the phone onto the bat. Right. I, I don't know why there's water in that telephone, but I guess there is. So she puts out the fire, picks up the ball, and tries to get to third to stop Daigo from getting a home run. Right. Can't do it. She No, no, no. She's waiting at home base because that Daigo is running in from third. Oh, that's right. And she's like, she's like, you'll never get past me. I'm going to get you. And, then, and this is glorious. Okay. So she's like, ah, you'll never get past me. And Daigo says, ah, but which one am I? And all of a sudden uses his <laughs> illusion powers. All of a sudden, like there, shadow are, clones. there are like five Daigos all running towards her. She can't figure out which one it is. They sort of jump over her and kick her in the head. Daigo <laughs> gets to home, the home plate. He's like, aha, that's like Daigo's special ghost runner technique. I was going to say, he calls it ghost runner. He's like, I was the real one. And then so the Rangers have scored. They're on the board. And... uh 
what's great is that the umpire is like making calls. Like they have not forgotten that Cameo is there. Because the umpire is just like safe. Like he is making legit baseball calls. He is adapting remarkably well. Like again, this dude is like the chillest guy of all time. He's like, whatever, I guess I'm umpiring baseball now. <laughs> Against monsters and superheroes. Man. Yeah. I really so, hope that none of the people miss the ball when it is flying a million miles an hour and on fire, because if it <laughs> they did, it would probably take my head off. Yeah, does he's not right express there. any of those concerns. Okay, um, so... He doesn't even have a mask on, I don't think. I think he might have something, but it's not much. Yeah, so yeah whatever point, it is, it is not sufficient. The game is sort of evenly matched. Then we jump to the last inning with mm-hmm. the score still at... Um, Goma 4, Die Rangers 1. Right. So they get up to, I think Rin is first up to bat, right? Yes. And she's like, all right, I got to do this. Like, I got to do this. You know, like, we got to win. And so she's in, like, her Ranger uniform. And then we see her, like, walking up to bat. And she (laughs) has D aura changed. And she is basically wearing... I'm not really sure how to, like, I'm not exactly sure how to describe it, but just like a really slinky dress. Yeah, like a very short sundress sort of thing. Well, it's like a, um... But there's a slit up the side. It's like a takeoff on, I think, what is like a traditional Chinese-style dress. Like, you would recognize it if you saw it. I don't know enough about clothes to tell you what that sort of dress is called. But the point is, it's like a super recognizable, like, Chinese dress. Right, but just, um, you know, cut short. Right, but like hella short, there's like a, a cut up the side of it, um, and she is like, she's basically just flashing leg at Kamikaze Ranger to like distract him. And it totally works. Like he totally tries works. to pitch and accidentally just like throws it into her leg. <laughs> right. So, so she gets on the batter, base. so she gets a base. All right, so she gets on base. Next up is Kazu. Yeah, but and, Kamikaze uh, is still so flustered from Rin that he just like whips the ball at Kazu and hits him hits as well. Kazu. So then Kazu gets on base. Then Ryu Ranger gets up. And uh, Kamikaze, General Kamikaze, says like, okay, are you going to be able to handle like my special boomerang pitch? And so he throws the ball to Ryu. Or he pitches to Ryu. Ryu like holds up the bat it, like, is struck by lightning, or lightning is coming off of it. I don't quite know. There's lightning involved somehow. Oh, yeah, dude. It is some straight-up, like, you know... <laughs> awesome. Mage the Hero Discovered Kevin Matchstick Excalibat sort of thing. <laughs> it's so good. Um, dude, Excalibat. Did, oh, do you remember... Uh, what's that game called? Rise of the Triad? Oh, I remember Rise of the Triad. Man... I would love to go back and play that game. You know what I remember? Okay, Rise of the Triad, sorry, was like an old FPS from like the 90s? Like it post-dates Doom, obviously, uh, but it's a great game. Yeah, it's sort of a Quake vintage. Yeah, that's a good, like really early Quake. Uh, But there's one thing I particularly remember in addition to like, there was a special weapon called Excalibur. But in addition to that, there were enemies in the game that if you shot them, if you got them down to, like, half health, they would, like, kneel. Like, they would get on their knees and, like, put their hands up and basically, like, beg you for mercy. They'd be like, oh, no, like, please don't kill me. Like, let me go. 
And the problem is, is that if you did, because I did this, I was just like, ah, geez, this guy's surrendering. I should probably just let him go. But if you do, like as soon as you turn your back, they just get up and start shooting at you again. So literally the game (laughs) requires you to either let them get up and start shooting at you again, or just like kill these dudes executioner style while they are like audibly begging for mercy. It's kind of a weird moment in video games. Yeah, that was that was sort of a dark time. <laughs> okay, so back to this episode, Dan. But anyways, so, so Kamikaze like, pitches the ball, um, right. and Ryu back. hits the crap out of it. Oh yeah, it is gone. And then says but, like, "Aha! Like you can't complain about that. Like I like you know I did it. You said I couldn't, and then I did. So deal with that, Kamikaze." Except it's a boomerang pitch. So it like whips around. And we only see it for like a quick second. But it seems that the baseball has become like a spiked ball. Yeah, I and noticed it that as well. And Ranger as well. And so he's like, he doesn't just get hit like gets on base. He gets hit like he is kind he's of incapacitated. Of yeah, he can't play. And the Rangers are about to be like, oh no, what are we going to do? Like, how can we only play with four guys? Enter Keeper Ranger. So Kiba Ranger shows up, and you'll note that we see Kiba Ranger and not Ko. You don't see yeah. like Ko in this episode. You only see him transformed as Kiba Ranger. You don't hear Ko's voice. You only hear the you only hear Byako's voice, like speaking for the Kiba Ranger. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. We don't see Ko like the kid again until episode twenty eight. Yeah. Uh oh wow, really? Yeah. No kidding. Uh that is quite a while uh but anyway so kiba ranger shows up and, and pinch hits he... for ryu yeah well actually okay so this is great he comes in he has this great sort of entrance like oh like i'm i'm hurt that you guys forgot about me kiba ranger here to play <laughs> uh, that's right I forgot about bat, that. like gets up to the base and does a little stance and then he bunts yeah and Kamikaze's um, like, after all of that, you bunted. Like, like you're gonna, on, seriously, dude. you're going to bunt. Except when he throws the ball, it's like a weird super bunt. Because it, uh, like, it goes flying. Like, he definitely bunts. And then, and then like, the like, ball you just... Know, the magic yeah. of Byako Shinken, like, knocks the ball sort of into the outfield. Yeah, Exactly. It's and not a so, home run, so he still has to like run to get on base. Yeah, exactly. But now we have bases loaded. Yeah, and Shoji is up to bat. Right, Shoji's up, and he see like he sees Kamikaze, and Kamikaze sees him, and Shoji just thinks to himself like, "This is still a promise between men. Like I like I'm gonna trust you, Kamikaze. Like you know we can do this." And there's and this so, great sort of. There is a sort of meaningful guitar riff that oh, gets yeah. played a lot in these episodes whenever it has this sort of tone, and they're mm-hmm. laying it on thick right here. Oh, it's here. glorious. And so Kamikaze pitches. Shoji, like, I don't think he even swings. Nope. Let's the first two pitches go. Right. Well, he, he, he deliberately whiffs the second one. Like, he doesn't swing on the first one. He whiffs the second one, I think. Right? Yeah. And then the third one... And the whole time, it's cutting back and forth between, like, oh, yeah. staring at Kamikaze, like, looking at Shoji, Shoji saying, like, it's a promise between men. Can I trust him? I have to trust him. I have to believe right. in him. 
Like, this is a dramatic moment, y'all. And so, third pitch. I think what, okay, it's actually a little unclear. Here's what I think happens. Yeah. I think it's a that his plan is to, like, hit the ball, but have it be a foul ball. That's it. Cause, like, yeah, I think you're probably right. Because the ball, like, you know, it comes towards him, and then it bounces away, although we don't see the hit. But instead of flying right. into the field, it flies into the Dire Ranger dugout, and it actually hits Ryu. Now, when the ball hits Ryu, it hits him pretty hard. Ryu gets knocked over, and his hat that he's still wearing, because, of course, he can't take it off or the hat will explode, oh, flies right. off of his head, and somehow... Again, sort of convenience of the episode. Flies towards yeah, Shoji. Now, lands at his feet. And if you'll remember, Shoji has been promised by Kamikaze that the helmets are not real bombs. They're just, you know, like smoke bombs. Smoke bombs, yeah. But they're not, because this thing but, blows yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Blows up hard enough to knock Shoji out of his aura change. So you just see Shoji lying on the ground, and he's like... Like, you can see, like, the anger, like, coming off of him. He, like, slowly, like, gets up. He He, like, uses the bat. Yeah. Yeah, to prop himself up. Like, you can just, like, he's grimacing. Like, Shoji is not happy. And he actually just says, like, this is unforgivable. Like, this is it. Like, I trusted you guys. Like, you made a promise. doing this. A promise between men. between men. And Kamikaze's like, dude, that was a roll. That was a long time ago. I don't even remember what's going on. Like, batter up, baby. And right. So, so Shoji is furious. And then we see, and I know we've said this before, we see my favorite aura change of all time. <laughs> because Shoji well, it goes just keeps getting better. Full, like Shoji goes full life field. Like, oh yeah. His oh, it's fantastic. One eye just starts to glow. Oh, man. Yeah, and like then, like, the style. light from his eye glows so bright that it washes him out. And when the light is gone, he is aura changed back into the Dire It's, so good. it's, it's so good. amazing. Okay. So, Kamikaze is still at the pitch. He's like, all right, prepare for my, like, hurricane pitch. So, he starts to spin around. And then they actually fade him out, and you just see, like, a glowy, spinny, like, energy tornado thing. And then the ball comes, like, rocketing out of that at Shoji. It's going so fast that the ball catches on fire. Oh, that's right! So it's the just, like, this catches on fireball fire. flying out of a red lightning tornado. <laughs> Shoji, up to bat, creams it. Just like, like knocks it out of the park. Does he do anything special? No, I actually don't remember. I, I actually, when I, we went back to watch this episode today, because, you know, I've seen it before. Yeah, in right. my memory, he used some sort of like gravity power to hit it particularly hard, but he doesn't. He does not. Okay. He just yeah, creams he just it. creams this ball. Like, Bullet Shoji, the warrior of love, summons his Kiryoku and just destroys this pitch. Like, uh, out so. of the park. And then they yeah. don't even bother running the bases. Just like, (laughs) at this point, the the hats on the Three Stooges just explode. Yeah, they just explode. Uh, As soon as they explode, maybe their hats were fake, because they just enlarging bomb, and then it's on. So, you know, we see Shoji, he pulls out his Kaiden ball, everybody else does, and they summon the Kaiden beasts. And then particularly, we got Risio 
and uh, Kibadayo. I'm sorry, not Kibadayo, because Kibadayo is the combination. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's Ryuseo so, and Wong Tiger yes, in their humanoid you. forms. And they're in their warrior forms. And then, okay, so this is a real rehash of what happened the last time that the Three Stooges grew. Because remember last time they kicked soccer balls at them? They're like, ah, like this ball can only be <laughs> hit by your foot or else it'll explode. And then like Ruseo just kicked the balls back. Right. Like this time they, they throw exploding baseballs at him and he just uses his staff and knocks them back at him and they all explode. Yeah, it's fantastic. But they're not down and out yet. Yeah, so the Three Stooges are not down and out yet. General Kamikaze does like a flying headbutt at Wong Tiger, to which Wong Tiger just like, whatever, and just like jacks him in the face as he's coming in. And her uh, uh, Kamikaze, General Kamikaze just goes flying back. Yeah, like rams into the other two. They all fall down. Fight's over. Right. Well, no, they do, um, what do you call it? They summon, so... We see keep it like Wong Tiger, like the Bujenhenge, which I don't know what that means. I'm assuming it just means like superpower change or something. Uh, and then Wong Tiger becomes Kibadayo. And then General Kamikaze, I don't know why this is General Kamikaze's like go to power move, but he does like a flying headbutt at Kibadayo. <laughs> and Shoji, who is apparently in charge of the fist part, is just like, oh no. And so he just no, like, we're not poses, doing this, right? He just like jacks him in the face, and uh, you know, General Kamikaze goes flying back. And what is what is notable is that we don't see they don't do any of their like superpower attacks. They basically just like punch these guys in the face, and then the fight is over, and they like run away or something. The the three Stooges run away. Yes, because thankfully this is not the last time we see them. Oh, good. I would have been disappointed if it were. Uh, so the fight's over. Like, that was it. Yeah. So that's victory. They cut to a park somewhere else. It's not the same park because they're not at the baseball diamond anymore. Right. But it's and, the Dire Rangers and yeah. a couple of other people. Like, there are more than five people there. Yeah, we have no idea who it is. Probably just other people who were in the park. And they're just playing a friendly game of baseball. Somebody, right. Shoji's not playing. He's sort of lying in the grass elsewhere. They knock the ball sort of over towards him and ask him to throw it back to them. Uh, he is still furious. So he picks up the oh, baseball, yeah. sort of remembers his anger, like, and, like shouts hurls, out and yeah. curses the name of the Three Stooges and hurls the ball away. And then we cut to the Three Stooges and they're like, oh, did you hear something? They're like, no. They're all like bandaged up and like limping away. And again, we do legit feel bad for the three. I mean, I do at least. Oh, sure. Legitimately feel bad for the Three Stooges. It's just like, guys, you could have, like, you would have been okay. You could have gotten out. Right, like, you actually had a decent plan if you had just done it. <laughs> yeah, but you tried to beat the Rangers again. Couldn't do it. No, you could never do it. You could never do it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and that's it for the episode. Turn, but you can never hold it. So, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, so, Matt, high points? Oh, Dave, uh, just Shoji through and through on this episode is my high point. Oh, yeah, man. Particularly that amazing aura change way. at the end with, like, the swelling guitar music and shouting oh, about the promise between men. Like, this episode's shoji is my ideal shoji. When I say that I like the guy, it's because of episodes like this. Oh, yeah, man. This was, as much as I have generally displayed some distaste for shoji, this was a just a, just a monster of an episode for AM. He killed it. 
Um, low point, Matt? Um, gosh, low point. I wanted more talking Kota Potoro. That was great. Ah, that would have been fun. That would have been cool. Uh, what about you? What was your high point? You know, high point. Okay. I would have said Shoji, but you already said that. So in an effort to mix it up, uh, I am going to go with Ryu's lightning bat. Oh, dude, the lightning bat. That was just a fantastic moment because I did not see it coming. You know what I mean? It was beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And how about low points? Do you have one? Dang, low point. You know, my low point is that the Three Stooges did end up betraying Shoji in the end. Like, I really, I like Shoji, just really wanted them, I really wanted them to be telling the truth, you know? You want to believe in them. Right. I really wanted to believe that they were going to be cool. And I guess that is about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Matt, uh, do the Three Stooges show up in the American version of the show? Oh, Dave, I'm glad you asked because I totally forgot <laughs> to mention this. Um, not really. But, okay, here's what happens. In season two of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, episode 21, there okay. is an episode called, like, Lord Zed's Monster Mash, right? Okay, sure. Hey, man, just go with it. Lord Zed's okay. Monster Mash. And it's a Halloween episode. And what happens is Lord Zed, like, lures Tommy into a dark dimension where he's going to spring a trap on him where he has to fight a bunch of monsters. Okay. Like, he's gotten them away from the other rangers. And they're all sort of like, I mean, all the monsters are sort of creepy looking, but the ones that they pick in this episode are sort of particularly sort of Halloween spooky themed, right? Got it. Okay, that makes sense. And most of them are monsters from the second run of Zhu Ranger stuff that never actually aired in Japan. They just sort of made it to continue on the American show. Okay. I told you about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a couple of those monsters, um, and the main one of them was um, Corporate President uh, Tombstone, which in this version was called Doomstone, which I actually think is a really cool name. Yeah, that's way for a tombstone monster. So Doomstone is sort of the leader of them, and he's just summoning dead monsters out of this graveyard for Tommy to fight. But the weird thing is, none of it is footage from Die Ranger. It's just the costume. Oh, well, that's kind of weird. So it's a bunch of costumes of different monsters from different seasons in a graveyard fighting Tommy, and that's really all we ever get of these three characters in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But another weird thing about that episode mm-hmm. is that when they get when Tommy gets trapped in this dark dimension, he gets locked into it. There's like a oh. door that gets locked. And the guy who is like holding the key to that door is the key clown. And they what? never they don't fight him. They never fight the key clown. The like, only thing just... we ever see of it is that like that version of that dude is like the gatekeeper to that particular dark dimension that Lord Zed keeps his like dead monsters in. Whoa, and the only thing that we see dark. is do you remember the exploding door illusion? Yeah. So it's That's all we That's all we see. That's it. We don't see the door explode. We see like the black background of like Daigo's Phantom Realm, 
the door sort of floating in the middle surrounded by fog and that bit where key clown is like flipping through all of his keys trying to find the right key to open that door and then he just pulls out like the giant one and <laughs> like and in Dire Ranger of course the door explodes but in this right. one he just sort of like turns the key and they cut the camera away and then what? he says okay now you're locked into this dimension and that's it and they never fight him they never kill him so presumably that guy is still floating around <laughs> And that is all that that's we ever weird get. Like really dark. Yeah. Uh, and that's all we ever get of the Three Stooges and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and with that, I think that's that. going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die Ranger. Uh, awesome. Before we finish up, I would like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to get any updates on future episodes or just talk with us, check out the pictures I'm putting up. That's all on Twitter at Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe. That helps the show. Um, actually, how, speaking of helping the show, um, this is the last week in February, and February has been by far our uh, most popular month, Dave. Oh, nice. Um, sort of by a fair margin, our best month uh, as regards number of downloads. So thank oh, you well, to thanks, all guys. of you listeners um, for listening, uh, for telling your friends. Uh, we really don't have any other way to get the word out about the show. So when you do that for us, it's really great. Yeah. Um, so thanks again. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. Now-